Good morning, everybody. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus in this place. He's alive. You know, he's not just alive on Easter. He's alive today. He's risen, and he's risen indeed. It is good to be in the house of God with you. And then come on, let's give it up for all of our serve teams, everybody that makes this place possible. Thank you, Gwen, for, for telling us about those, and uh, all of our production teams in the back, and people behind the scenes, and the worship team that comes here during the week and practices and gets ready with their craft and their gift, and the prayer team, and all of you guys that make it happen. The parking lot, I love to hear what Michael said, that that young man was in the parking lot, and that's how many people feel, can I come in? What do I need to do to get near God? That was the question. Am I, am I clean enough? Am I okay enough? Uh, uh, does God like me? Does God love me? And I, I'm just, my message is God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He's madly in love with you. God settled his anger at the cross. He took care of it on Jesus. And he's seeking and saving humanity. And he's madly in love with us. And so that's our message to humanity. And um, I think it's important that you're a part of that to tell people, hey, you can just come like you are. Just come on in, you know? Yeah, what do I have to do? Nothing, come. The guy says, can I come back? Can I come again? Yeah, come for the second service. I'll tell all y'all, yeah, come twice if y'all want. Serve a few times. Come and get, and get in the word of God. And that dude got saved that day and uh, gave his life to Christ. And I mean, I, I, it's just so powerful to be on mission with God. I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about that today. Um, before I do, look at somebody and say, uh, we into sweet 16. Come on. Somebody, tell the person you ignored that might not be a UT fan, that's okay. Tell them, Elite Eight, baby, all day. <laughs> that's where we're headed. Uh, we are in a series called My Good Friend Judas, and I've uh, been looking at just what, is, what happens when we feel betrayed, or when we've uh, been betrayed, or we've been hurt, and the reality is, we looked at it last week, that we're all going to experience that at times, and um, I think many of you left here lighter last week, I hope. And pray, I've heard stories about people letting go of offense and dropping things that maybe uh, you've held on to too long or you, you've stayed somewhere too long. And I, I just want to encourage you because I know how the enemy works. And maybe if you stood last week and said, I'm letting go of something or I'm not looking back or I'm letting go of that hurt. And, 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 and the enemy probably sent the same person to do the same thing to you this week that you let go of last week. And that's how he operates. You know, he'll, you know, they're, they're still doing it, Pastor. I get they're doing it, but you dropped it, right? You let it go. And, and, and the enemy would tell you that, you know, you really didn't let it go. Like, is it, can you really let all that go in one moment, in one, in one minute? Can God really change things and take it? Yes, he can. That, that one moment where you stood in faith or you stood up in belief or you, you went to an altar or you said, you know what, I'm putting it back in your hands. God took that and he'll keep that. Cut the bungee cord, get rid of it, let him have it and just believe that things were different today than they were when you let it go last week. Does that make sense? I just want to encourage you with that. And then this week, we're going to look at um, what happens when uh, we mess up personally. What happens when uh, we are the betrayer? How do we handle when we blow it? Because here's the thing. You find your identity in Christ. I find my identity in Christ. But I find the meaning of life and my meaning in life in his mission. I find my identity in Jesus, but I find my meaning in his mission. What's his mission? He said, I'll build my church. A zeal for your house has consumed me. Remember, he turns over the tables and he says, my house shall be a house of prayer, not a shopping mall. Praise God for the shopping malls. Come on, somebody. But not in here. My house shall be this. And, and then the disciples, it says in the scriptures, and the disciples remembered. 
a zeal for his house shall consume him. You know, sometimes we forget the mission. Sometimes it's easy to forget what we find meaning in and the house of God and the mission of God. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to find people in parking lots wandering around wondering if they can come into church just as they are. He came that we would get on teams together and on mission together and not just hang out, not just be a club, but be on mission. There's unity inside of mission. And many of you have disqualified yourself from mission because of some of your failures. Many of you have disqualified yourself from mission, so you're looking for meaning in so many things, but the meaning you would find is in the mission of God, but you don't think you're good enough, clean enough, great enough, uh, holy enough, and so you have you looked at yourself in a way, and the betrayal that you've experienced, maybe of yourself or of others, a mistake, a failure, you've said, you know what, I can't really get into the mission of God, and I just want to change the way you see you today. I want to change the way you see you and the way God sees you and the way you see others, and we're going to look at Peter and look how God deals with Peter when Peter has his moment of failure, the biggest that anybody could have. He denies God three times. He fails. He betrays God. Judas betrayed God, but so did Peter. And my question is, how do we deal with our own Judas? How do we deal with our own, our own Peter? How do we deal with the times when we mess up? Mark 14, this is Jesus speaking. He says, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, here's Peter. Peter said to him, Peter means rock. When Jesus found Peter, his name was Simon, uh, which means wishy-washy. It means reed. It's wishy-washy, blown to and fro. And he says, you're Peter. He changes his name to rock. Here the rock says, even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not. So, so, so you got to get the picture. Here's Peter with all the other disciples. Even if all these dudes fail you, I'm better than all of them, Lord. These are his buddies. E even if all of them mess up, God, I will not. He starts getting into some declarations. Usually declarations lead to denial because it's in your own strength. Even if all, I won't. And Peter begins to make some declarations. I'm better than all of them. Even if all these dudes mess up, I won't, Lord. Jesus said to him, surely I say to you today, even this night before the rooster crows twice, you'll deny me three times. But he spoke more vehemently. He's like, he doubles down. If I have to die with you, I won't deny you. He's like, I'll die, but I won't deny. And they all said likewise. You know the story. He denies him three times and the rooster crows and Peter's had his biggest moment of failure. We'll fast forward Mark 16, 6 through 7. Jesus is risen from the grave. The angel is at the tomb. It's empty, speaking to an angel, and the angel speaks to some of the ladies that have come to anoint Jesus the morning of his resurrection. Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. He was crucified. He is risen. Come on, he's risen. He's alive. That's good news for us. He is risen. He's not there. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. Listen to this. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. Wasn't Peter a disciple? But go tell his disciples and Peter. The title that I want to speak to you to from today is The Peter Principle. The Peter Principle. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for just your invitation to us today. Go tell the disciples and Peter. Thank you that you still want us, that you still invite us, that you still 
Incline us by your spirit, by your invitation, by your people, by those on teams, by those on mission that we can be involved, that you're inviting us and you're accepting us, that there's still a place for us. Lord, any way that we see ourselves less than you see us, would you change that today? Any failure that maybe we've held on to, would you change that today? In Jesus' matchless name, amen? And Peter, go tell his disciples and Peter. I, uh, I was um, growing up, I don't know, I was probably in eighth or ninth grade, had a best friend named Richard Allen and a good friend of mine. We played, we played the game of golf a little bit together. That's where I picked up golf. I started playing golf in eighth grade. And uh, it's a divine sport. Come on, any golfers? Um, uh, yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's like there's something addictive about hitting that little ball. Uh, my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just hitting that little ball, just chasing that little ball around, you know. No, no brain waves, just hit the ball, you know. Don't have to think about anything. And so um, just love the game. And uh, we were out, my friend and I, Richard, were at the golf course, and there's this little field to the side of it that you can just kind of chip golf balls and just hit them not too far, 25, 30 yards, no, not a long distance. And, and so we were hitting the parking lots here, and there's a big giant row of hedges, really tall, and cars could park on the other side pulling up to that. And then you would hit little, there's those little shots out 25, 30, 40 yards out here. And so we were doing that. And so all the golf balls were out here. We'd already hit them. And for some reason, they were out here, and I decided, and we decided, let's just pitch them back just gently towards the towards the where we were hitting them from, towards the parking lot. And so we were just hitting them back that direction, and I hit one. It's called a bad shot, a thin shot, a blade, a skull, a worm burner. You, there's all different types of names for this shot. And I hit it bad, real thin, which means instead of going high like that, it went real, just a line drive. And it's going right to the bushes, and I'm like, oh, God. And right as it goes through the, 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 the hedge of bushes, there's this car that pulls right into the parking space, uh, of course, and I hear, Dish! and it smashes the windshield of, of, of course, the Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> and, and, and as the car pulls in, I, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm frozen. This man comes walking around the, the, the shrubs because you can't see the other side. He's just had his windshield smashed. I'm sure glasses just sprayed his face. I'm standing there and all, and I look up, and my friend Richard is running. <laughs> and I'm like, and so what any good friend would do, I pointed. <laughs> If you're going to run, I'm going to point. <laughs> it was a double betrayal moment. Like he, be he betrayed me, left his boy there by himself, like in the middle of the pain and anguish and danger. And then I blamed him and pointed. It was just all around betrayal on every end. And, and here I am in that moment. Here Jesus is in that moment. Here Peter is in that moment. Peter literally at the lowest hour of Jesus, when Jesus needed his men, his guys, his disciples, here Peter is denying him three times. Betraying him three times. Uh, uh, the identity of Peter is questioned. He, he was on mission with Jesus, and now all of a sudden, he's just failed, and, and everything in his world, I mean, think about it. It's not just that he had a moment of denial. He knew what Jesus said. He knew the teachings of the rabbi. He knew the teachings of the master. What were the teachings? If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. So it's not just a momentary mess up. Peter feels it's eternal. Peter feels like, man, I just blew it so bad that I don't even have a place in the halls of heaven anymore. Like, I don't even know if I can come back into this thing. And 
Peter really gets so discouraged that he quits. And Mark 16, 6 through 7, Jesus says, go tell the disciples and Peter. It's a powerful statement. But to understand that statement, you've got to rewind the 72 hours prior where he denies him over and over and over, fails at his, his, his worst moment. And then Jesus says, and Peter, Luke 22, 60, 60 through 62 says this in the message. Peter said, man, I don't even know what you're talking about when he, they say, do you know Jesus? He goes, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. One translation says he actually cussed Jesus out. He actually said, I don't know that blankety blank. That's what Peter said. In the original transcripts, I don't know that. Take the most colorful language and fill in the blank. I don't know that. I don't even know what you're talking about. At that very moment, the last word hardly off his lips, a rooster crowed just then, and the master turned and looked at Peter. Peter remembered what the master had said to him. So somehow they have this, this line of sight. They can see each other, and Peter does it. And, then, and Jesus had already predicted it. Aren't you thankful God already predicted your failures? Some of you are so hard on yourself. Jesus already predicted that you would blow it before he chose you, but he still chose you. Amen. He still loves you. He still picks you. He still chooses you. He knew you'd mess up. He knew you'd betray. He knew you'd go through what you went through. He understood it. He sees Peter. Peter downs himself. He's, I'm sure, discouraged. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter remembers it, and then this is what it says. And he went out and cried and cried and cried. It is most crucial moment to stand with his savior, to stand with his friend, to stand with the master. He failed him and he went out. He went out. He quit. He quit. He turned in his resignation. He left the other disciples. He was too discouraged to continue. He went out and he was the pro disciple and he cried and cried and he quits. And he leaves, and he's no longer part of the group. I don't know how many of you face that, but there's been moments if we don't know how to deal with our own betrayal or our own denial, at times if we don't know how to do those things, when we will face those things, we'll quit, we'll turn in the resignation, we'll say, I can't be on a team, I'm not good enough, it's, I, I've done too much, it's too horrific. I, I just, I don't know about you, but have you ever looked back on some of the decisions you've made at times, you go, man, that was horrific. Like, I don't even want to do that. That's not me. How did that happen? I mean, this is Peter. This is the star apostle, Apostle Peter. His name means rock. Like Jesus met him at Simon and changed his name to, from wishy-washy to the rock. I'll build my church on your name, Peter. You're the rock. You, you, are, you are Peter. On this rock, I'll build my church. You're stable. You're strong. You're not wishy-washy. And some days I look in the mirror and God calls me the rock, but I don't feel like it. There's some days when Peter's there, and I understand Peter, but I don't get Simon. Come on, Simon is the wishy-washy one that's still around. Come on, I'm talking to anybody that has Simon still sticking around. It's got Simon in our lives sometimes when we know that that's not the decision we wanted to make. We know that we couldn't have done that, and we shouldn't have done that. We know, but how did I go through that? How did I betray that way? How did I say that? Because there's still some Simon. But Peter, here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus says, go invite the disciples, and Peter. He's acting like Simon, but Jesus doesn't call him Simon. He still calls him Peter. He still calls him the rock in his lowest moment. He calls him Peter. He says, I want you. I need you. Peter, who stood strong. Peter's easy. Paul's easy to deal with. How do we deal with our Saul? Am I talking to anybody in here? 
How do we deal with spirit and flesh? How do we deal with the dichotomy and the agony of, of we're spirit and we have the nature of God now that we've received Christ, but we also have flesh and we do what we don't want to do and we don't do what we want to do and, 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 and there's this tension, but praise be to God through Jesus Christ who gives me strength and deliverance. How do we live in that tension? And if we don't know how to live in it, then we'll turn our resignation in. We'll go out and we'll cry and cry and cry. I mean, here's Peter. Like, he's not wishy-washy. This is Peter, man. Peter is like, walked on water. He's living up to the rock. Walked on water. Cut a dude's ear off in the garden. Come on, somebody. Fighting for Jesus. We all need somebody that's barely saved around us that'll cut you if you mess with me. I will get some people around me. Come on. Some brothers around me. They will cut you. Good to have some people that are barely saved. Are they saved? I think so. Some, I think so, Christians. I need, I need them around me a little bit every now and then. That's Peter, man. He's standing strong. And, and then all of a sudden, he just turns into Simon in this moment. Pride comes out. I'll, I, I'm better than all these dudes. God forbid, even if they fail you, I never will. Come on, anybody ever felt like, man, I'm so, listen, I, I'm so strong, I'll never fail. You better check your heart, check yourself, like, like be careful. Like, it, the Bible says, you know, like, like pride comes before a fall. Like, we're all, we, uh, you know, unless the, unless the grace of God, there go I. Paul said it. Paul's like, unless I had God's power and God's grace and God's forgiveness, I'm gonna walk into the same things. And so here's Peter, like, messing up and denying Jesus. How do I deal with it? How do you deal with it? He's leaving, he's quitting, I understand I understand it. There's a lot of days I get up here and I'm like, God, use somebody else. God, I, I'm, not, I'm not the rock. I'm not strong enough. I'm not, I'm, I, God, I don't care about what I, it's not. God, I can't do it. There's days that I want to be Peter, but I look, in the, I look in the mirror and Simon's sticking around. There's days when I don't want to hurt my family and say the things I said. There's days I don't want to say stupid stuff or days I don't want to be arrogant and I am. Days I don't want to be, be a certain way and it comes out. Ways I don't want to mess up the, the, the things that are close to me and the people I love, but it happens. Come on, don't look at me like I'm the only sinner in this room. I'm in a connect group, praise God. I got a group of men I was with last Friday around the table. We have connect groups here. It's not just to get together and add to your schedule. It's so that you can bring Simon and Peter to the table. Because if you don't know where to bring Simon, then you're going to be quitting. You're going to be resigning. You're going to turn in your resignation. You could bring, I, bring, I brought Simon to the table. We all talk about our souls. We all get around the table. How's your soul? I said, you know what? My soul's messed up. I said something stupid to my daughter, and I blew it. It came out of my mouth, and it did some damage in my home, and I went, and I had to repent, and I had to talk about it, and I had to make it right, and I, and I, and I just had some men there praying with me and encouraging me. Come on, that's the Simon side. So understand what it's like for you to go, you know what, I'm not good enough to be used by God, or I don't know if I can get on the team. I saw the big sign, and I don't, I get it, I understand that. You've got plenty of time. Don't say you don't have time. you got time. I could break down the hours of your week and how many it goes into eating and sleeping and then all the extra. you got about 70 hours left over in your week to do something you want to do. <laughs> but I understand the excuse if I don't feel worthy, I don't feel good enough, Simon's still sticking around. I get that. And I think that you and I have to Understand how to get back up when we've messed up because we're all gonna fail, the biggest, strongest of us. We're all gonna walk away. We're all gonna struggle. And here's the thing. A lot of times, struggles will drive us to seclusion. That's what happened. Peter went out by himself. Later on, we find him with some other guys. But I, I just want you to know that Jesus gives you a per, per, personal invitation today. 
at whatever you failed, at the, what we see God's heart. When he says, when he makes the statement, go tell the disciples and Peter, we see his heart towards us. We see his heart towards people that have messed up, people that have denied, people that have failed. His heart is this, I love you at your lowest. I love you when you've, when you've denied. Come on, do you know Richard and I stayed friends? <laughs> We love each other when we hurt each other. We lo- I love you when you betray, Jesus says, I love you when you betray me the, the biggest. I've actually predicted it, that you can come back in and you can be in relationship with me. Here's some things. I wanna just go through some, some, some thoughts. I got five simple points for you on how to be restored after a failure. After you fail, what do you do? We see Jesus restoring Simon Peter in John 20. 1, 22 through 3, it says, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. Jesus is risen from the dead. He said, go wait in Galilee. And they're all hanging out. Peter now has been joined to a couple other disciples. And he says, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you. They went out and immediately got into the boat and they caught nothing. Pro fishermen in a boat, caught nothing all night long, facing failure, just denied, discouraged, got some relational issues up in a boat fishing together. The background is Jesus has been seen twice by some of the disciples. He said, go wait in Galilee. Seven of them went to wait in Galilee, but others did not. Peter said, hey, I'm going fishing. Are you coming with me? And the other guys, those five came with Peter and they're all out on this boat. Many theologians say, you know, they were uh, in disobedience. I don't know if they were necessarily in disobedience. I think uh, they were in confusion. I think they had lost their master. Come on, they had lost Jesus three years on mission, walking with God, purpose, destiny, direction, calling, and all of a sudden now he's gone, he's dead. What do we do? They're confused. I mean, this is like, this is like Rocky without Mickey, somebody. He, he got beat up for two movies straight. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like, what do we do? Like, what do we do? Like, they're like, we're gonna go fishing. We'll go fishing. Let's go. Peter's like, let's go fishing. Let's go to what's comfortable. Let's go to what's familiar. The first thought I wrote down about failures after failure, number one, comfort is the enemy of your calling. Many of us fail and then we go right to comfort. We go right to what's convenient. You know, these guys, they've got some real relational issues that they're not dealing with. They're not talking. Dudes don't know how to talk when they mess up. Come on, Peter had already thrown all of his boys under the bus, said, I'm better than all these dudes, Jesus, and I'll never fail you. He fails, and now here's the guys that he threw under the bus, and they're out in a boat together. I don't know really how to apologize. Want to go fishing? (laughs) That's how guys apologize. We catch stuff and kill stuff together, right? But it's, that's comfortable. That's not, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to uh, honesty and, and, and forgiveness and healing and talking and dealing with relational issues. And so when you fail, don't just dive into what's comfortable. Don't just go to what's familiar. Familiar is easy after you failed. But, but they, they, those aren't friends. Familiarity should not be friends with failure. You should get into your calling. What am I called to do? I'm called to be honest. I'm called to be strong. I'm called into some stuff that God called me in mission. That's what I'm called to do. Don't just get comfortable. Deal with the issues. Have the conversations. Here these boys are on a boat. They've caught nothing all night long. They're failing. And I love Jesus, man. He's from the shore. Now keep in mind, they don't know it's Jesus yet. It's just an old dude on shore. They don't recognize him yet. And Jesus shouts out to them. And he uses a term that means like youngins, little dudes. <laughs> like, yo, dudes, little ones. That's, like, he, he, that's, how, that's the term. He's like, he says, 
Hey, guys, youngsters, pro fishermen that ain't caught nothing. Y'all caught anything? What? Did you catch anything? I mean, Jesus knows they haven't caught anything. He's on the shore cooking up fish because they all hungry. <laughs> Captain D over here asking if they caught any fish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How's it going for you out there, boys? Professionals. How are you doing? What was he doing? He was probing for honesty. He was probing for humility. He was probing for recognition and truth. He was probing for them to say, you know what? No, 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 we haven't. He was wanting them to get honest and open and vulnerable. How are you doing? Any fruit in that area? Any fish in that area all night? Any fruit in that marriage yet? Any fruit in that business? Any Fruit in those finances? Any fruit in that situation? Are you a pro? Do you have it all together? Or, 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 or how you doing there? Are you being honest? Are you being real? After a failure, it's so easy to cover, especially as a dude, and we don't want to ask for help, and we don't want to go to anybody, and we just and, and we fail, and then we seclude, and we don't get plugged into the mission, and we don't think we're good enough. I'm just saying, Jesus is saying, hey, how's it going for you? Don't just get comfortable. And this is the second thought. To acknowledge your weakness to receive his strength. That's what he's asking them to do. Acknowledge that you failed in this area. Acknowledge that you had a mess up. Come on, he's in disguise, but he's asking them, hey, how are you doing in that area of your life? I mean, can we just admit it? Can we just admit we failed? It's hard. Come on, anybody? Is it hard to do sometimes? Is it just me? It's hard. You can be defensive or you can have grace. It's our choice. Like I, I blew it. Like I, I got to acknowledge my weakness, Lord. I need help. You ever talk to a fisherman that caught nothing, <laughs> or a fisherwoman that caught nothing? Like, did you catch anything? Like, well, it's a yes or no answer. <laughs> like, well, you know, the water was a little bit timid and tepid and. And the boat was a little bit tight, and the motor wasn't revving up right, and man, it was a little loud, and it was 72 degrees, and it needs to be 74 degrees, and, and my range finder, and my depth finder, and my trolling motor, and the, you know what, you know, it's just the weather, and the sunshine, and this, and, they, and this, you know, and the bait, and I was using that and that. They, well, they just, they just weren't biting. Oh, you got all the way down to your last excuse and blame the fish. They ain't biting. <laughs> like that's what fish do is they bite if you do it right. You suck at fishing and, and no, I haven't caught anything. <laughs> that's the reality. But we want to have all these things and all these reasons. Jesus is just saying, would you just acknowledge, hey, no, I haven't caught anything in that area. I don't have a lot of fruit in my parenting right now and I need some help because my kids are a little bitter at me and I've made some mistakes and I don't want to be the cause of their counseling when they get older. They won't go to counseling because they didn't get the shoes they wanted. They'll go to counseling because you didn't know how to get their heart. God, I need help in that area. God, I need help with my wife when I say something. I need help not just being so driven. I need help not giving the excuse to you that I don't have time to be on mission in the house of God, that I can give my time to every other thing and precedent every other thing, but I can't go to a mission table and sign up for the greatest mission on the planet. God, I need a little help with that. Could you help me carve out some space so I can actually do what you've asked me to do? Would you help me be a Christian, God? 
I just think we got to be willing to admit our weakness in order to ask for his strength. He says, cast your net and catch anything. Cast your net on the other side of the boat. Get this, a strange old man on the beach telling pro fishermen what to do. I don't know about you, but when I'm a pro in some area, you ain't telling me what to do. <laughs> like, who are you? And these men listen to this man and they cast their net on the other side. One gospel says, this is what they say. We know what we're doing, but at your word, we'll do it. It's okay if you think you know what you're doing, but can I just tell you, go back and revisit his word. Go back and revisit what the Bible says. Do Hey, we know what we're doing, and I thought I knew what I was doing, but you know what? At your word, can I tell you, God will send blessing in disguise, but if you're too prideful to receive it or listen to it or have those people around you in your life, you're gonna miss out on the direction and the new day that God has for you, for the harvest that he has for you. Jesus was in disguise. They didn't know it was him, and somehow they decide to do what he said. Number three, the next point, surrender will lead to your success surrendering your pride, your ego, your professionalism, all the things that you think you've got figured out in your world and go, you know what? I, I think I know what I'm doing. That's good. But at your word, God, I'm going to believe again. I'm going to forgive again. I'm going to get back on mission again. I'm going to give again. I'm going to believe actually to, to, to consult you, God, again. I'm going to believe your word. I need your word in my life. I need to surrender. And they cast their net and they catch a harvest so big that they can't even contain it. Verse seven says, after they catch this harvest, they recognize it's Jesus. Verse seven, therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, John says to Peter, it's the Lord. Now, when Simon heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, put off his outer garment, he removed it, and he plunged into the sea. Next thought, after you fail, would you be radical with your love? When you fail, the enemy tries to tell you to hole up and to seclude and to be shy and to be ashamed and to be guilty. But that's not what Peter does here. Peter has failed. He's denied. They recognize it's Jesus. And the first thing this man does is dive headfirst into the waters and go after Jesus. Why? Because he's crazy in love. In love will make you do crazy stuff. Come on, anybody had a long-distance relationship when they were in love? Where you at? Long-distance Y'all do crazy stuff. Stay up all night long on the phone, go to work with no sleep, and then you talk again the next day, like, I hadn't talked to you in forever. You talked all night, or you'll drive. First service, somebody drove long distance, drive like seven hours to get a little kiss and split a Coca-Cola and then drive back to your hometown. That's just crazy stuff. Some of you guys fell in love. You're wearing stuff you'd never wear. You look silly. You're letting her pick out your clothes. You're, you're eating stuff you'd never eat. You're crazy in love. You're doing, listening to music you'd never listen to. That might be good for you. I don't know. But, like, but crazy in love makes you do things. Peter dives in head first. Maybe if you get crazy in love with God after a failure, you'll do things you might not have ever expected that you'd do. Maybe that when you begin to get crazy in love with God, you'll sign up on mission or you'll give your finances. And I'll always say, if God doesn't have your wallet, he doesn't have your heart. Maybe, maybe you'll sing a little louder, or you'll put your hands up, or you'll get to an altar. Maybe you'll actually consult the book about purity and holiness and keep your, keep your zipper up and your feet on the floor before you're married. It's a four on the floor rule. I tell, tell young people all the time, four on the floor, both feet on the floor, not all four, uh, <laughs> both people, <laughs> feet on the floor. It's hard for... It's hard for stuff to happen. Keep your feet on the floor and your clothes zipped up and you're going to be all right, okay? Maybe you'll consult the, the word 
of God if you're crazy in love and you'll do what he asks you versus what culture says. Is, is this okay? Dive head first. You're going to dive head first into something. It might as well be the house and mission of God. You're going to dive head first and love something. I, mean, I encourage you, dive into the things of God. Jesus begins to talk to Peter and talk to him about getting back into the mission. And I'm going to end with this and give you a couple more thoughts. But So Peter dives in and carries this harvest of fish to the shore, 153 fish. It's a picture of a harvest of people. Prophetically, Peter's getting back into his mission. He's bringing a mission, a mission of people to the shore of Jesus' feet. He's bringing purpose, and the nets are the house of God, the unity of God's people that are, aren't breaking, and they're pulling in, and Peter gets to the feet of Jesus. They eat breakfast, and then Jesus pulls Peter aside and begins to have a conversation with him. And Peter's discouraged, down and out, hurt and in pain, probably ready to quit. He sees Jesus. He dives, and he loves Jesus. Jesus restores him, and this is how he does it. Jesus says, Simon Peter, calls him Simon Peter. Don't you recognize before he was calling him Peter, calls him both names. He goes, I know that you're wishy-washy, and I know that you're a rock. I, I love both of you. Simon Peter, I'm sure Peter was upset he called him Simon again, but the reality is we gotta deal with it. And so Jesus says, Simon Peter, he says, do you love me more than these? Many theologians have argued about what more than these was. Do you love me more than the $5,000 catch of fish right here? Because you've been going after fish and you really you're calling his people. Do you love me more than your success and the, your natural success? Do you love me more than that? That's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, do you love me more than these? And he was pointing at the other disciples that Peter had thrown under the boat in betrayal. Do you love me more than these guys? Let me, let, big man, you said a few days ago you'd never deny me, you'd never fail me, you love me more than all these guys here. Are you still carrying that pride around that you love me more than these? So he's getting to the root of his pride and the root of his failure. He's having to get to some stuff in his heart. Peter, do you, do you love me more than these? And Peter puts his head down. He feels embarrassed. He feels just like he's messed everything up. And, and Peter says this. He goes, Lord, you know I love you. But he doesn't use the same word that Jesus uses. Jesus uses a word called agapeo. Peter, is your whole life given over to me? And Peter says, Lord, you know I'm fond of you. You know I'm your friend. He uses the word phileo, the word for friend. Jesus uses the word for God love, totally surrendered love. Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you surrender your life more than these? God, you know I failed you, but you know I'm friends with you. You know I'm fond of you. Many of you are fond of the mission. You're here. But are you totally turned over to the mission of God? And why not? Is it a failure? Is it a hurt? Is it a betrayal? Jesus says to him again, Peter, do you love me? Here's what I love. He doesn't say, never do it again. Never deny me again. Fix your life. You better get stronger. He appeals to his heart. Hey, Peter, do you love me? And second time, he says, Lord, you know I'm fond of you. And then the third time, Jesus lowers his question to the level of Simon Peter's love. He says, hey, I know you're hurting. Are you my friend? Simon says, you know I'm your friend. You know I'm with you, Lord. He says, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, tend my flock. He gives him mission. And I would just encourage you today, the last thought, just refocus on mission. 
Refocus your love back to him, like not fix everything, not be perfect, not get your act together. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, give me your heart and everything else will fall in place. Peter, if you just give me your heart, just trust me with your life, everything else will fall in place. Some of you failed so bad you think you can't ever fix it. You don't have to. He will. He just wants your heart. He just wants your love. When Jesus starts the church in Acts chapter 10, he goes to a house Named Cornelius, it's the Gentile house where the gospel went to Gentiles for the first time. The man that denied the mission, Peter, is used to start the greatest mission on the planet called the church. Cornelius has a vision and he calls for Peter. Peter gets there and some stuff happens. They have some dialogue and, and Cornelius says, this is what happened. I was in prayer and I had a vision. This man in white came standing before me. He was all lit up. I think it was Jesus. And he said to me, your alms and prayers have come up before me in heaven. God hears your prayers. God sees your giving. Your alms and prayers have come up to me before heaven. And God told me, this man told me, send for a man named Simon Peter. I love that in that moment, when God decided to start the mission, he asked for Simon and Peter. He didn't just ask for Peter. He asked for the rock and the reed. How do we deal with the wishy-washy side and the strong side? We bring both of them to the table. And we know that God loves both sides of us. And if you don't understand that right now, you'll walk away and go out and cry and cry and cry when you blow it and when you fail. But I would encourage you today that God is inviting you with a personal invitation, even at your lowest moment. I want to pray for you. And maybe some of you feel today like, man, I got to get back into the mission. Maybe some of you have never got into the mission. There's a table out there with mission written all over it. There's a parking lot and ushers and hosts and serve team and musicians and singers and production and, and areas. Can I just tell you, we, we're growing church. We're starting another service. We need you. Jesus needs you on mission. Three people gave their life to Christ first service. That'll be our brothers and sisters in eternity from this house forever. What an amazing thing. And God's using you and us to do that every week. And maybe if you felt like, man, I'm too dirty, I'm too betrayed too much, I've denied too much. No, God loves you at that moment right now. And he wants you on mission. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for your personal invitation to us. I pray that this could get into our heart and our spirit today. Thank you, Jesus, for the invite to me personally every time I've failed. For an open hand. You just want my heart, Lord. You didn't tell me to get it all together and never deny again. You told me, do you love me? Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you for a group of people that love you. I thank you for Transformation Church that loves people. I thank you that there's a place for anybody. I thank you that there's a place for you. I just, I pray that right now there's a place for you. Go get the disciples and you. Go get the disciples and you. Go get the disciples and you. God's saying, I want you today. I want you today. I want you. Go get the disciples and Peter. If you're in this place and you say, you know what, I've, I've kind of quit on mission or it's time for me to, to, to accept that invite back to mission. Back to the meaning that God has for me, not just identity, not just existing, but I need some meaning. I, I've given up on mission because I've thought that I wasn't good enough or whatever reason it might be. If you're here, no one looking around, just say, you know what, Pastor, I want to I step back into mission for my life. Would you put your hand up high to me today? Just put it and hold it up high. I need mission in my life. Come on, people in this room. Thank you for your boldness. If you're watching online, just say, I'm on mission. I want mission. Type it in. We want to pray for you and know you. And then just for another second, if you're in here and you've never really given your life to Jesus, you've never found your identity in Jesus, 
or you've never surrendered your life to him, you've never found meaning in his mission, you've gone to church maybe, yeah, I don't mean that. Maybe your grandparents or your parents brought you to church, maybe you came here because someone invited you, but you know you're not in a relationship with God. The Bible says this, that if you would surrender your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start with God. Not if you fix yourself up or you clean yourself up or you go through a bunch of hoops. No, if you just believe that Jesus is God, if you surrender the leadership of your life to him as your savior, if you listen to his word, if you believe that he went to a cross and died on a tree, took my sin, my guilt, my shame, my mistakes, took my denials and my betrayals, took all of it and nailed it to that tree. He did that for me. I couldn't get rid of it myself. He nailed all that to a tree for my past, my present, and my future. And then he didn't stop there. He rose from the dead to give me a brand new heart, to give me his life. If you're in this place today and you know you need a fresh start, I'm not gonna embarrass you or stand you up or bring you forward, but I'm gonna ask you in a minute to boldly lift your hand. If you know you need a fresh start with God, if you're watching online and you know today's your day for a fresh start, you're tired of carrying the weight of the world and you believe that God took that and put it on Jesus on the cross to give you brand new life and a brand new start, I'm gonna ask you to put your hand up to me. Would you just say, that's me. I need a fresh start with Jesus. Put your hand up. Would you hold it up high? I need a fresh start with God. Thank you for your boldness, sir. Thank you for your honesty. Come on. Thank you for your boldness, ladies. Anybody else? I need a fresh, thank you for your boldness, sir. I don't, mean, I don't mean church. I mean, I mean the meaning and mission of life with God. Eternity with God. If you're watching online, would you just type in right now, fresh start. I need a fresh start. I'm going to pray a simple prayer with us right now. Come on, let's all join together. Like, let's help each other out. If you put your hand up, just put your heart up in this prayer right now. If you didn't put your hand up, put your heart up in this prayer right now. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, Thank you for going to that cross for me. Thank you for taking my sin, my shame, and my guilt. Thank you, Lord, for conquering sin, Satan, and this world. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you're God. I accept you now as my God, Jesus. You're my Savior, and you're my leader. Fill me with the life of God, your spirit, so that I can walk with you and serve you on mission the rest of my life. You're my Lord, and you're my Savior, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God a big round of praise. He is worthy. I love y'all. Come on, be on mission.